we are back hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the views from the 573 podcast hope you all are having a good day so far on this thursday afternoon we got a lot to talk about uh of course uh took last week off as a with no with no pod it felt like you know it's a decent time if any in the next few weeks to kind of sit back and take a break and then come back recharged and do another pod and of course i picked <laughs> the wildest week to do it considering what's going on with uh with my nba team so uh, i picked a <laughs> really good week to take a break i guess but uh with uh with the lack of news and you know with the combine just getting underway and not really knowing what's going to what was going to happen until this week felt it was best to sit back and do a pod this week but nonetheless uh, we are here in a yes we are talking about what's been going on with Ja and that whole situation here in a minute going to spend a few minutes on it and talking about it um still a couple things that we are wondering with this situation considering the nba uh side of things about what they'll do but uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute of course we'll spend some time on the combine and talking about some of the notes coming out of the combine some of the players that did really well and helped themselves, some of the players that didn't, in particular, Anthony Richardson, who really blew up uh, his stock with his performance at the Combine. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll talk about some of these quarterback dominoes. One has already fallen with Derek Carr. We're still awaiting the Aaron Rodgers domino and the Lamar Jackson domino, though we do have a couple updates with those two in this uh in this in the past few days considering uh, what's what's a move for them so we'll talk all about that here in a minute uh we'll spend some time on the jaw stuff first but before that be sure to go check us out subscribe give us a rating review all that good stuff wherever you guys get your podcasts on either the views or the entertainment channel be sure to go check us out on both and I'm not sure what the plan is for the entertainment channel. We've talked about doing another draft, so we'll see if that's the plan. Uh, but there's a lot of movies coming out this month, so maybe we'll try to do something talking about all the movies of this month and maybe try to rank them because there's a lot of good movies coming out in the month of March. So that's the entertainment side. Be sure to go check us out on Twitter at 573pods. Give us a follow there. That is while Twitter is still up and working that is so be sure to go check us out there so let's start off with this uh of course the day hasn't gotten any better with the news that steven adams is going to be out for the next four weeks so that's a gut punch but uh with how the week has gone for the grizzlies it, it's par for the course uh of course dylan getting his 16th technical foul being suspended for a game in which we could have needed him for against the Clippers. And then, of course, Brandon Clark and his Achilles injury. That's just devastating for him, man. Uh, anybody that watches the Grizzlies or watches the NBA knows about Brandon and knows um, I, he's like a human pogo stick, essentially. Uh, as a guy that has a lot of bounce. And as a guy that can create a whole lot, whether it's in the pick and roll game, lob game, putbacks, he, he does a whole lot in that regard. And just to see an Achilles injury just happen to him, because you know with Achilles injuries, he's probably going to be out for a long time and won't, and probably won't be back until next season, if we're being clear here. And if we're being honest, it's probably going to take him some time to adjust to that um, because, you know, I think an Achilles, like an ACL injury, it takes some time to get adjusting to and to start trusting it. I mean, I'm speaking as somebody who's never had any of those injuries, but just seeing how it's talked about that there's an adjustment period, and even if you are cleared to play, it's going to take some time. 
And so I just really hate it for a man, you know, not just with everything else going on with the whole organization, but it's just tough to see him, a guy that, you know, just got an extension. That's another thing. Glad that he got his extension when he did. So that, you know, he didn't have this injury and he didn't have the question like, will they pay him now with this injury involved? I'm just happy that guy's extension when he did got his money got paid so now just hope for the best and hope that his rehab goes well but uh it's going to be a while it just really sucks for a guy that has that much bounce you you're you're curious about what it's going to do to that bounce like is it going to take a lot of that away or or what um but uh it, it really sucks but of course the big story here is of course with what happened with jaw and what's been going on with that situation now i found out um through the group chat actually uh wake up and usually one of the first things i do is look at my phone pick it up from a charger it's like look at notifications and so i see got some messages um from uh, uh, as notifications and by the way new phone that's that's something that's happened in the time that we've been off uh getting an iphone 14 um but i see the notifications see, okay messages so i assume it's from the group chat i'm like sure enough it is and so i see matt it's like okay uh ryan can you catch me up on the jaw drama and so i'm assuming he started what happened last week with the whole story about John the 17 year old kid about that story being brought up again and so I was like okay well I'm trying to do my best here and then I see Matt's next message it's like and then last night he had an IG live with from a strip club with a gun I'm like no 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 oh no oh no and so I immediately hop on Twitter and I find out yeah, it's true, and it happened early in the wee hours of Saturday morning. Uh, it happened, and of course, this was right after the Nuggets game, in which Nuggets completely overtook him in the fourth quarter. You had the Dillon stuff and him getting teed up. You had the Brandon Clark injury, and so it was just—it was like a snowball effect. Like it's just one thing after another. It kept piling on, and then this happened. And so we've had a police investigation. Of course, the NBA is looking into this, and Grizzlies announced in a short press release that, even though they didn't use the word suspended uh, in that press release, that he was away for two games. Of course, Ja made a statement about uh, the whole thing. So let's be real clear here. It, it, you know, I guess people expect me to be a bit of a homer about this thing, but let's be clear. What Ja did was, although not legally wrong, despite how many people on social media, and despite me not giving a crap about what people think on social media, about them wanting him to be suspended for the rest of the season, or to next season, thrown in jail, despite all that. He did not do anything wrong legally. But he did do something wrong logistically looking at this whole situation. Looking at the logistics of it. Looking at where Ja is placed in the NBA as a guy that you can probably say is in the top 10 players of the league. As a guy that produces highlights every night if not that, every other night, as a guy that just got a deal with Powerade, who hasn't had to deal with anyone in five years, he's got his shoe coming out with Nike. And then this happens. It, it It's wrong. Although, he didn't do anything legally wrong. There's nothing legally wrong that he did here. But besides that, it's not a great look. It's not a great look. 
And, you know, and listening to the media speak about it for the last few days since it happened, of course, there's been some trash takes, you know, you know from people when the national media, you know, particularly some from ESPN. And, you know, it's been a, a rough week for them with that and all the MVP takes that have been thrown out there. Um, there have been a few takes that have been good. Um, Shaq, with what he said, thought was really good. Liked Jalen Rose's perspective on this. and thought that was really good. And despite him eviscerating, <laughs> going on the top rope and eviscerating Dylan Brooks on his show, I like what Draymond had to say about this whole thing and how he framed it. Um, a couple of the things that I really like that he brought up and is that you know looking at all these other past incidents whether it's the whole thing with the pacers and the laser or whatever and the whole thing with the kid um is that now with this situation it's really kind of taking away the benefit of the doubt of those situations where like okay maybe it happened maybe then we won't know there's no evidence there's no charges in the 17 year old kid incident there's a history with a mom doing this type of stuff. The NBA found no nothing wrong with the incident with the Pacers. There's everything was fine there. It's taking away that benefit of the doubt. So that that was a point that Draymond made. I thought was very good. The other one was, and this kind of leads into where uh, uh, to another point where like yes, this is absolutely wrong, but also. I think we all hope that this turns a corner around for Ja. I think we all hope that. Now, I've been told maybe don't lump everybody into that, whether that was in college or whatever. I'm going to do it here. I think we all hope that this is an inflection point for Ja figuring out what he wants to do, whether he wants to keep continuing doing this or whether he wants to – Change his life, get his life turned around. And with what Draymond said about this whole situation, you know, again, going it goes back to the whole legal thing about nothing legally wrong. You know, it was it's bad enough to where he has to make a change in his life, but it's not as bad, you know, as to you know, like he's going to end up fine, you know. It's it's not completely horrible because he's going to he's going to end up fine, but it's just horrible enough where it's like I need to sit down and take a hard look at what I've got going on in my life, whether it's the people I'm around or whether it's what I'm doing, whether like drinking, uh, you know, that's been brought up as whether it's like a substance abuse type of thing, whether. He's drinking too much, and it's kind of used like as a stress, a coping mechanism, or whatever you want to call it. That the that it's a inflection point. And it's like I need to sit down, take a hard look in the mirror, and figure out where I want my life to go from here. Because again, this guy. It's got everything going on for him right now. And maybe that's part of the reason why he's got a lot of stress and is doing some of this stuff. It's because, listen, if we were all given a $200 million extension, if we all got a shoe deal with Nike, uh, endorsement with Powerade, and all this other stuff that he's gotten in that short time at 23, not a lot of us could probably handle it. We probably wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. And that might be a situation here. Um, you know, another thing that comes to mind is seeing the slander that's been brought up and whether that's been by the takes from national media or not. Like, there's been a lot of Team Rant slander. In which, listen, the guy did his job as a parent, raising a successful kid in, in, to this point, in getting him into into a good place, into where like before all this stuff happened, thought of it as somebody that was really uh, awesome person, 
really successful person. And listen, that doesn't take the fact away that Jock cannot still be an awesome person. He's just like, this is just something, a bump in the road, a mistake that was publicly made, in which he's going to have to deal with and be accountable and take on the consequences for. And we'll have to see what the NBA does and how they handle this. Um, I I imagine there will be probably some games or he'll be suspended where that will be the official term. And I can maybe imagine a fine or something. But I could imagine the 50-game stuff. Like, hearing all that, the basis for the 50-game stuff, you know, it goes back to the whole Gilbert Arenas and Javars Crinden, that whole incident. The whole reason why 50 games was the suspension was because that was how long that season had left. That was how many games were left in the regular season at that point. It was not a specific number that was put in the CBA or anything. It was just a number for the rest of that regular season. So I, I thought that was ludicrous to begin with. Um. So, But again, we'll have to see what the NBA does. We know the police investigation, nothing was found that. So that's good to start with. I think another thing that's good to start with is that from a Yahoo report that he and a lot of members of, that, of the immediate family, they're going around Memphis. They're talking to the confidants that they have in the city, to other advisors, and to how to go forward from here. And while you may think that oh, that good coincidence, it does, I think, show that they're really looking into making some changes and finding a way forward from this incident. These are the first steps to where Ja gets a, gets a better life than what he's had here in recent months and you know one thing i'm thinking back to is i think i've noticed my sister has noticed that there's been some games where jaw hasn't looked like himself even though despite despite him putting up some really good numbers and despite him being an all-star there's been some games where he hasn't looked like himself so i hope that this is the start of a good process for jaw and him getting to a better place in his life and changing some things up and seeing a better life for him and the people that surround him uh, going forward and, uh, you know, continuing to play ball in Memphis and continuing to be a potential face of the league. But, you know, it's all up the jaw. I mean, it's not on T. It's not on anybody else. It's on John. It's on him and whether he wants to make the changes necessary. Again, whether it's in his, his group of friends that he hangs around with, whether it's how he handles himself with you know alcohol, or if that is one of the problems here, or whatever. And again, I think we all hope, considering how Great of a player Ja is. How much of an influence he has on a lot of people. I think we all hope that this is just a bump in the road. And that Ja gets his life on the right track. And that this is only a temporary setback type of thing. To where he can learn from this and make changes in his life that have probably needed to be made but you know just weren't because you know 
kept getting, you know, I don't know whether kept getting away with it was is the right phrase here, but you, you know, he kept doing it. And so, when any consequences until now. And from what I've heard from, you know, people in the Memphis media talking about it is that it does seem like Ja is feeling remorseful for this and realizes how big this is and like how much he screwed up here. So at the end of all this conversation here, two things can be true. Yes, what Ja did was stupid. It was wrong. Despite it not being legally wrong, it was wrong logistically considering his place. Not only in the league, but also in his family. Listen, when you're making that much money, you rise to the top of your family right there. You're the breadwinner. And so, what John did was wrong. Absolutely. But I think we also can hope that John becomes better from, from this. That he looks back on this instant years later. is like, hey, I got through this. And going back to what Draymond said, and I think that's where I'm going to end the jaw conversation before we move on, is that, you know, it's not that bad to where jaw will be fine. But it's bad enough to where jaw has a choice to make. I think we all hope, again, going back to that phrase, that he makes the right choice and that we see him back on the court sooner than later as a better man, as a better person, and that we move forward from this. So let's make a transition on from that and let's talk about what's going on in the NFL and you know let's start off with the combine let's start off there let's go up to Indianapolis and talk about some of the things going on up there of course the talk of the combine was probably Anthony Richardson the quarterback out of Florida who Checked in at 6'4 and 244 pounds, ran a 4'440. His vertical was nearly 41 inches. His broad jump was uh, 10'9. And of course, we know about his arm. Um, and I think we knew that with the combine coming up, that he would show just how physically gifted. He is. And so, while all that is great, it's still just potential. And he's extremely raw. And you do wonder if there's going to be a team in the top 10 that sees these numbers and are going to be infatuated by that and say, let's take a chance on them. Let's give him some time and let's take a chance on him. That may be what happens. But Richardson, he was the talk of the combine. Got a lot of people talking about him. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who we haven't seen a whole lot of here and recently, didn't play a whole lot this past season. That really kind of opened the path for Marvin Harrison Jr. to just blow up on the scene and where like you can say like hey, this guy's probably a top three pick right now as a sophomore <laughs> but uh smith and jigba comes in and has himself a good combine and of course we've seen ohio state receivers come in here recently with garrett wilson and chris Olave, where both those two <laughs> Both those two had a thousand yard seasons as rookies. Um, so if Jackson can get himself right, you can probably say the same for him wherever he 
lands up. And reading some of the stuff from the combine, there's some coaches that think he might be the more physical of the three. Some that were worried about his speed, but has a lot of quickness to his game. So maybe he helped himself, and maybe he said, hey, all those injury questions, yeah, they are there, but here I am, and I'm going to perform really well to combine. And that's probably what he did here. But you have him. Of course, everybody is talking about Bryce Young and what height he was going to measure in at. And he checked in at under 5'11". The real interesting part about him checking in, though, was that he did weigh over 200 pounds. I think there were some that probably thought he was going to be in the 190s. But, okay. I think it was 204, I think I saw. So, like, okay. So, well, you don't like the five. 10 stuff, okay. Well, being slightly over 200 pounds, I mean, it's not great, but it's com- if you were looking at his weight before, it's like, well, 190 isn't great. You're probably looking at that as like, oh, that that's fantastic. We can definitely really consider him now. And I don't believe he threw at the combine. So, we'll have to see about that. Uh, but everybody was keyed in on Bryce and his measurements. You had a couple other guys that stood out, particularly the tight ends. Um, Darnell Washington, who you could probably say is and was Georgia's sixth um, offensive lineman on the field. Uh, Checked in at 6'7", 264 pounds. Ran a 4640. And had a 20-yard shuttle. That was the third fastest at the entire combine. And so he had himself a really good combine. And uh, making some... uh, He made this one highlight play with a one-handed catch. (laughs) That very few people probably could make and so he himself a good combine uh, Sam Laporta from Iowa again another Iowa tight end uh, put up some really good numbers ran a four five nine forty and looked like a really good athlete will Mallory from Miami had a really good day ran a four five four forty which was the best of the tight ends had really good vertical. Luke Musgrave, who see whose season ended by injury, ran a four six one, but ran an impressive ten yard split, a good thirty six inch vertical, and brought and good numbers for the broad jump. And Dalton Kincaid had some really good numbers. Michael Mayer had some really good numbers. So. The tight ends had themselves a really good combine and really uh, helped themselves. This is this is looking like a really solid draft that if you need a tight end, there's a lot of depth at that position to go and grab one. You also had some guys on the defensive side, like Nolan Smith, former Georgia edge rusher, who ran a 4.39 <laughs> at 6'2 and 238 pounds. Um, <laughs> I I don't know what else to say about I say about that. That's uh, that's remarkable. Um, forty one and a half inch vertical broad jump was ten eight. And looking at what Bruce Feldman said about that, it's like um mentioned the, those are amazing numbers for a defensive back. Again, for a defensive back, this guy's the defensive end. So he really probably helped himself there, as well as a a couple others. 
Um, Northwestern, their edge rusher, I'm not going to even attempt to announce his name because I know I'm going to butcher it. He showed out, ran a 4.49 at 282 pounds, which was faster than any player of 280 pounds or more in the past two decades. So that was amazing. Um, You had somebody like Kalijah Kansi, who is seeing himself rise on draft boards, showing out as well. And, of course, the Aaron Donald comparisons are, you know, probably going to come. But, I mean, with how he performed at the Combine, it's not hard to see why. When he measured it at 6'1", slightly over 280 pounds, and ran a 4'6", 40. And right around where Aaron Donald's number number was <laughs> all those years ago. So, like, he's really helped himself. Like, a lot of guys on the defensive line helped himself. Um, Lucas Van Ness, the Iowa defensive lineman, at 6'5", 217 pounds, said that this dude looks insane. Like, he doesn't even look like he's supposed to, you know, be 272 pounds. Um, had a 4'5", 40. And showed really kind of how explosive he was. I think that was probably something that a lot of people weren't weren't looking at. But he showed up. He showed up as far as being explosive. Christian Donald, uh, among the defensive backs, at six one and one hundred ninety seven, ran a four three eight forty, forty one and a half inch vertical. So he probably really helped himself here, and being mentioned among those top DBs that could be selected. In late April, really helped himself out there. Devon Witherspoon didn't work out because of a hamstring injury. Not the biggest guy, but apparently had a really good combine as far as meetings are concerned. Really liked him. Um, going back to the quarterbacks, CJ Stroud was looked really, really good in his and his workout. Showed a lot of accuracy and might have helped himself out a little bit. Make that conversation between him and Bryce and Levis and Richardson a little bit more interesting about, okay, which one's your preference? You prefer, you know, Bryce Young, the, the guy out of Alabama who's short but moves around like a magician? Do you prefer CJ Stroud who can make off script plays when he needs to but is really accurate do you prefer guys like will levis who's a little bit raw but has a lot of good tendencies for an nfl pro quarterback or do you take richardson the raw athlete and mold him into a top tier nfl quarterback so there's really you, you got your pick um but stroud himself had a really good combine i mean there's a lot of people that help themselves uh, in this combine, of course, I'm going to give my guys from Tennessee some shine here uh, with how they did. Uh, really impressive stuff from them, uh, not just in the workouts, but in what was said as far as interviews go. Will Anderson uh, mentioned Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle, the right tackle that he had to go up against as one being maybe best guy he went up against, and so that has a sense of pride there as being a, a Tennessee fan, but he had himself a really good combine too with uh with the numbers he put up. Really good really good forty for an offensive lineman. And um really probably help, really helped himself. And maybe getting into that first round of conversation among the offensive tackles. Because if you look at the tackles here, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones Peter Skronsky are probably your top or you're probably your top three. And then there's a little bit of a drop here where maybe Rod can sneak into this conversation. Byron Young, we were just talking about the defensive ends a minute ago, ran an excellent 40 
ran a, I believe, four four three. So he had a really good time and a really good combine. He helped himself. And of course, the guys that I'm looking at are the skill guys. Uh, Cedric Tillman, really good combine for him. Along with Jalen Hyatt, tested out really well. I think a lot of people expected Hyatt to test faster for the 40 time, but uh, he put out a lot of other good stuff there on the com at the combine. And I believe those two guys, uh, all the wideouts that were there, were two of the top four that tested really well there. So really happy about that, and hope that they helped themselves there. I think Jalen has already entered in some of the first round conversation. Maybe that's really helped them now. And maybe getting talked about as being one of those top wideouts in this draft among him, Gwen Johnston, uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Um, Zay Flowers has been mentioned as a guy that's rising up boards. And then, of course, I'm looking at Hendon Hooker, which the thing I'm glad about that's come out about this is that he should be good to go by opening day. And that's really good to hear, but it also brings up the painful memory of when he got hurt. But uh, really glad that he is doing well and that he should be expected back here pretty quickly and that the recovery is going really good. I'm really happy to hear that. But also really happy to hear that he knocked out his interviews and reading some uh, some of the stuff that was talked that had Hendon being talked about Hendon might has made a really good impression um reading some uh, again going back to this article on the athletic that Bruce Feldman typed up about some of the uh, takeaways of the combine specific, specifically mentioned hooker and mentioned that you know there's you know somebody out there that, that there's a coach that said you know Endon might overtake Will Levis on his rankings and so as far as my Tennessee fandom is concerned I'm really happy those guys killed it at the combine I'm really excited to see where they go in this draft and uh, I really believe that they really help that they help themselves uh, this week I know it's just you know it's the combine not a big deal. Nobody's going to care about your 40 time all that much after this. But still, it, it, I, I feel really good about some of those guys. I feel like there might be two guys taken. I think it might be Wright and Hyatt. And uh, we'll see where those other three go. But, I mean, overall, it was a solid combine. But, of course, I mean, it was overshadowed by what's been go what the Bears are going to do at number one. Which uh, we're still asking ourselves that, but also the uh, whole Jalen Carr situation, which really was a, uh, it's not good. It's not good. It was really, when when it first popped up, it's like, oh, crap. Right before the combine. And I believe he was supposed to speak later that day. And, of course, it, it didn't happen. But, um. You know, with that whole situation, I think we knew some more details were going to come to light. And um, it's just unfortunate, again, that that whole situation went down and we learned some more of these details and that there's going to be some questions that Jalen is going to have to answer in these meetings about that situation. And we'll have to see whether he falls or not. And uh, if he falls... How far will he fall? You know, will he fall out of the top 10? Um, but uh, that was just a, a situation that really kind of overshadowed the early parts of the combine. But then you had the other combine stuff, which was overshadowed by how well guys like Richardson did, how Strauss did, the quarterbacks, um, all these other guys running insane 40 times and having all these other uh, good stats at the combine. So there's some NFL combine talk for all of you and we're going to get some mock drafts going here soon. You know, I, I think next week 
free agency starts, so maybe next week we try to do one there. But, uh, I mean, we're about at that time. We're like, it's getting close. The the draft, I mean, we're looking at it. It's like, ah, it's early March. I mean, whatever. But before you know it, it's going to be late April, and we're going to be, oh, crap, we're here. But uh, interesting combine, to say the least. So let's talk about some of these guys that are currently in the NFL that are working on getting new deals and finding new teams. So let's start with Derek Carr. Uh, of course, we've been wondering where Derek has been was going to end up. Talked about Carolina, talked about New Orleans, talked about the Jets and a couple other teams, and it's like, where could he go? Well, we know finally where he's going to go. He's going to be a New Orleans Saint which Peter put it promptly in the group chat. The Saints are minus, what, $21 million or close to that. and gave him a $100 million deal. Um, and I told him, like, in NFL teams, if you're listening to this, take heed of this. Uh, whoever the, the their cap guys are in New Orleans, uh, you all need to hire them. Because if they're able to figure out this cap situation that they have or and are able to give deals like that, yeah, you need to bring them on board and have them figure out your cap situation and figure out how you can do that when you're in the negative. But as far as the Derek Carr to Saints move is, he's already the best quarterback in that division. He's already better than Desmond Ritter. He's already better than whoever the Bucks are going to have, whether it's Kyle Trask or somebody else. And he's already better than whatever the Panthers are going to do, whether that's getting somebody else or whether it's get like a veteran or getting a rookie. So the Saints now have the best quarterback in that whole division and a pretty solid roster. Pretty solid defense. Of course, it reteams him and Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen was there early on in, Carr's career there with the Raiders. So for the Saints, now that means, hey, you got one of the best quarterbacks in the whole NFC too. Because we've talked about this. You look at the comparison between the AFC and NFC quarterbacks, it's the AFC by a wide margin. So the NFC gets one here where you could probably say Derek is probably a top five quarterback in that conference, if not, he might not be five, but he's also probably not in the top three. He's probably four or something. And so for the Saints, that means, hey, you probably just won your division. <laughs> if, if we're being real honest here, that it means they, they probably just won their division just by making this move and giving Derek Carr four years and $100 million. So y'all can print the division title t-shirts, I think, probably right now. Or is that a little bit too much of a jump-the-gun type of move? But um, really like the move for Carr. Again, going to be playing with the, a, a good organization with the Saints. And there's some weapons there. If Michael Thomas can ever get right, hey, good for him. You got Olave there, that's a good weapon. Solid defense. Of course, you're still waiting on the Alvin Kamara situation and seeing how that goes. But for the Saints, you've got to feel pretty good about adding Carr and feeling like, hey, we just won the freaking division, guys. Um, so there's that move. That's one domino that has fallen. And we're still waiting on a couple others, but there's some that are already kind of, you know, heading into that direction. And... That I kind of I think kind of leads us into the Lamar Jackson situation. Of course, resident Ravens fan Matt Mormon is really I I don't know what he is. He he's probably Matt. If you're Rebecca, if one of you are listening to this, tell me how Matt's doing with this. Because because I gotta believe there's some nervousness about losing. A guy as electric as Lamar, even though he hasn't been available a whole lot here recently. Wasn't available for this last half of the season. 
There's still got to be a little bit of nervousness here. But for the Lamar Jackson situation, of course, they had the opportunity to tag him, and that's what they did. And they tagged him with the non-exclusive tag, which means that Lamar can go to any of these teams that are interested in him, bring an offer back to the Ravens, and let's see what happens. Now, there's also been a list of teams that are not going forward and trying to get Lamar. Which, again, going back to the whole availability thing, and going, back and, go, and going to the fact that he won the MVP, what, three years ago? I get all of that. But still, if you're somebody like the Falcons or the Panthers or, you know, whoever else, you're looking at your quarterback situations like, nah, we don't want to do that. Well, what other choice do you have? What better choice do you have? You really want to sound yourself with a rookie that you don't know what you're getting out of? You really want to play around and get a quarterback that sure might be more available but isn't as talented as Lamar? That I don't get. And whether it's that or not, I hope we find out. Or maybe it's the fact and you know, Schechter spoke on this was saying like, hey, these teams don't want to negotiate for Baltimore. They don't want to, you know, hand out offers like, and Baltimore take a look as look at it and like, okay, well, okay, here's this. Um, it, let's go from here. I completely get that, but I still don't get why these other teams don't want to go after Lamar, considering their quarterback situations. It makes no sense. So we'll have to see what happens with Lamar, but man. I mean, if I had to be completely honest, if as a Titans fan, I'm thinking of I would think about adding Lamar. Like, yes, he is better than Tannehill. <laughs> That's a fact. All right. But it's just, I don't know. And, like, the fact that it would start at two first-round picks, again, maybe that's going back to, you know, the best ability is availability. You know, going to that, you know, sports cliche. Maybe it's all that, but I don't know. Um, with the way Matt put it, of course, again, Matt, the resident Ravens fan, has a little, despite me not knowing how nervous he is about the situation, about whether they're going to lose him or not, he does have the best insight on this. And we talked about this, and like he's come around on the non-exclusive tag, and how, like, you know, really the only way to solution, because if you look at the two tags, non-exclusive and the exclusive, there's around a $13 million difference. So with the non-exclusive, it's around $32 million. And I think with the exclusive, it's around $45 million. So there's a $13 million gap right there. And the way Matt looked at it is that, okay, these other teams can make offers, and maybe he gets that 100% guaranteed deal that he's looking for. And you know, listen, if it happens, good for him. He gets his guaranteed money, gets what he wants. The Ravens get something for him. Both teams go forward. You know? And listen, I think both these two sides are in the right here. Lamar for wanting the money he thinks... He, he should get and the Ravens so it's just now down to the market to figure out okay what is Lamar worth on the open market 
So this situation is going to be interesting to keep an eye on as we head into the new league year next week, and we got free agency next week. So we'll see how that goes and see which teams want to meet up with more, what teams more want to meet up with, and see how that goes. And the other domino is, of course, the Aaron Rodgers domino and the report that he's been meeting with the Jets. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Jets, of course, missing, not going all in on Derek Carr. Again, Rodgers is probably better than any other option they have on the board. But how long would it be for? Would it be for one year? Two years? Maybe that at most. Because Aaron Rodgers can change his mind like that. We've seen how fickle he can get. So we'll have to see if they want to go down this path with Aaron and see if there's something there or they want to get in on Lamar Jackson and bring him in. Now, the Jets didn't make a trade with the Ravens and Schefter, uh, Schefter, uh, the way he put it, and the Jets make a trade, it was like, oh, crap, is that for one of these quarterbacks? Like, nope, it's for Chuck Clark. He plays for the Ravens. So it's a Jets and Ravens trade, just not the one I think people were expecting at all. But, uh, yeah, those are some, those are some dominoes that still need to fall, but they're already, you know, kind of tilting over a little bit, but they haven't fully fallen over either. So we'll have to see, and we'll probably find out a lot more as we get closer to the new league year next year with free agency starting up. So everybody, I think that's all I have for you this week. Um, again, going back to what we talked about up top, a whale of a time to come back to uh, the pod and talk about what's going on. But uh, I, I, I guess it was meant to be. Um, so thank you all for tuning in as always greatly appreciated. Uh, again, we'll, Get some NFL mock draft stuff going on. It's mock draft season after all. We got to get in on that. And, you know, again, with the new league year starting and free agency starting, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. See if we get any sort of any more insight into what's going on, maybe particularly with these quarterback moves. We'll talk about that. We got the MLB season coming up here in the next few weeks. So you can guarantee that one of the only few times we talk baseball all year, it's going to be happening here in a, a short while. So uh, keep that in mind. And, of course, uh, any other updates on what's going on with Ja and all that stuff, we'll uh, talk about that. But, again, that's all I have for you all this week. Hopefully you all have a good rest of your day. Hopefully you all have a awesome weekend and, and enjoy yourself, whether it's, I know there's a new Scream movie coming out this week that I'm going to see, so if you're into that, have fun with that. But if not, have yourself an awesome weekend, and we'll talk to you all next time.